This episode of ArcaSpeak is brought to you by Arcat. What's the one thing we all do in our practice? Search the internet for content, right? Well, we wanted to let you know about Arcat.com. Arcat is an online resource devoted to bringing content to the building professional. They have huge libraries you can access, and they don't hit you up for subscriptions. There are no fees, and they won't make you register to download content. We've all been there. You finally find the right file, and you get blocked with a registration pop-up, and you think, Thanks for wasting my time. I'll find it somewhere else. RCAT's BIM library is really second to none and available in just about any format you need. In fact, their entire BIM library is formatted to the last five versions of Revit. Their CAD detail library has thousands of CAD details, and if you need specs, the RCAT library is the most consistent library you'll find. Every single spec is written in the CSI three-part format. There's so much more on their site, including catalogs, videos, and a spec wizard. Go to rcat.com or download their app to check it out. It's a great free resource, and you don't have to register to use. Check it out today at rcat.com, A-R-C-A-T.com, and don't forget to provide feedback on their site. There's a button on the right-hand side of every page. Have a suggestion to make Arcat better? Click the feedback button and let them know, and tell them that ArcaSpeak sent you. Thanks, Arcat, for sponsoring this episode of ArcaSpeak. Imagine a world where you can explore buildings around the globe, including ones that don't yet exist. A world where you can walk the edges of an under-construction high school in Los Angeles, then toggle over to the emergency department of a new hospital in China. Hi, I'm Chris Grant, Creative Director at HMC Architects. We're using virtual reality as a design tool that allows us to explore architecture in an immersive way from within. From this vantage point, we can experience a project as it was built years in advance, improving collaboration and appreciating the full scale of architecture. In VR, our clients can step inside their project and feel as though they can sit on furniture or reach out and grab a handle. This allows them to react to design decisions as if they were there driving new questions and decision-making opportunities from within the virtual space. At HMC Architects, we believe that operating as a tech company will not only benefit our clients, but also shape our world and enrich people's lives. To learn more or become part of our story, visit hmcarchitects.com. Welcome to ArcaSpeak, the podcast that talks about what it's like to work in the profession of architecture. Welcome to episode 121 of the ArcaSpeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. Hey, this episode, uh, we got a great question from one of our listeners, Steve Hall, friend of the show. And Steve is starting up a podcast, and he asked if we had ever done a show on what equipment we use. And so we started to think about that and and kind of put together some some lists of all the different – we all have different setups. Um, and then – Wait, wait, wait. You created a list? Did I miss something here? <laughs> mental. Mental list. Mental list. Oh, okay. All right. And, and then uh, we, we, we started to kind of think a little bit bigger about just kind of the tools we use for communication. I mean, obviously, podcasting is a communication medium, but then we started talking about different ways we communicate in the office. And, and so if this conversation goes there, that would be probably beneficial as well. But we'll just start off with our podcasting tools. And so uh, we thought it would be kind of interesting to just talk about 
some different types of setups that we use because I think we all agree here that the equipment is relatively important uh, to get a, a good professional quality sound. Um, but beyond that, man, there's just so many choices. So we, we just thought we'd give a few examples of maybe some hardware and then kind of what goes on behind the scenes. All right, so we kind of talked about this in episode 100 with Life of an Architect, Bob Borson, and we talked a little bit about behind the scenes, but we didn't get into tools. And so it might be interesting for some of our listeners to to who are thinking about doing this kind of media to, to talk about equipment and process and software. And then if that bleeds over to uh, architecture, that would be fantastic as well. But we'll see if we can squeeze that into this episode or if that might end up being another one. So, Neil, I know that you've got a, a, a podcasting-specific mic setup, and it's pretty simple, right? It's just microphone into computer. So why don't you start off with what you've got for that? Sure. So I have a Blue Yeti. It's a USB microphone, and it just plugs directly into the computer, and you just change your inputs uh, to the to the microphone. What's nice about this one is it it's not very expensive, a little more than a hundred dollars, and it's a really decent quality mic. Um, it's not something that's several hundreds of dollars, and it's not something very cheap because it does include uh, a microphone input on the bottom, so. I, I have my headphones plugged directly into it. It also has a mute button, uh, and uh, it also, in, instead of using it as a, um, a desktop model, where if you bump the desk accidentally while you're, while you're recording or something, you, you, you would pick that up. And so in my setup, I actually have it uh, mounted to a shock mount, which uh, Blue also makes, and then... Uh, in addition, I have a um, just a, a relatively inexpensive, maybe twenty-five dollar uh, stand. So the microphone actually stands uh, or is connected to the to the boom stand that's you know just on the ground, completely separate from the mic. So nothing I do on my desk interferes with the sound that it's recording. And then also too, I think uh, very important is to have that pop filter. So the pop filter is connected and. And it's a it's a really basic setup, but I think it it works really well. Awesome. And so this you said it's just a couple. It's probably in total less than two hundred dollars. You think for the whole thing? Uh yeah, absolutely. Cool. And and Cormac, you have a completely different setup, right? You've got more of a portable system. We've actually used it to record, yeah, like at yeah. the AIA convention. But you use that as your full time hardware interface too. Yeah, it's mine's the. Uh, cobbled together hand-me-downs <laughs> because uh if anybody's listened to the show from the very beginning knows that my audio has been hit or miss and evans pulled his hair out on numerous occasions dealing with my audio back in the day when he was um doing all of the uh, the editing and back when we were amateurs and now we're now we're serious professionals yes yes so yeah. So I started off with just kind of your original kind of, I had a headset with the microphone built in, kind of what you would do on a conference call or Skype call at work, which is what I have at work. And it was pretty bad. And as we, as we heard, you know, in those early episodes, it was really bad. And as we started to <laughs> take <laughs> it back. We, yeah. And as we Insert started to evolve here, 
Neil was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Can't, can't take this. <laughs> and, you know, was gracious enough when he got his Yeti to send me his um, blue snowball. And mostly I record with that, but more recently I've been just trying to try out a new microphone. But the, um, much like what Neil had, um, or Neil was talking about with his Yeti, my, uh, my snowball has got the, um, kind of the shock mount and the pop filter. Um, it is, however, just kind of on a stand that sits on a desk, um, less than the stand, you know, kind of like the, the freestanding stand that Neil's got or you've got, mm-hmm. um, which yes, yes, I know I need one. <laughs> Take it to another level. But but since we still room. Yeah, but since we've done a lot of mobile um shows, especially during the like AIA convention or, you know, MDC, yeah, you know, I, I started to look at things that we could do mobily. And so invested in an Apogee uh mic and that's exactly what it's called. It's M I C. And it's a it's a great $200 mic and it's it's you you can control the gain up and down on you know directly on the actual mic itself and we, we've used this a couple of times both with um neil did you know, his interviews at the uh, at the show but then we've been able to plug it into the laptop and just using the macbook pro again a hand-me-down <laughs> um but, you know, you plug everything into the MacBook Pro. And the good thing is, is that, you know, we can plug in multiple mics to it. And we've uh, used it that way before. Haven't, didn't we do that at the last AI and that we went to? Yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. And, they're, and they're great. But I've also used the Apogee mic to record things uh, on my iPhone and does a tremendous job using the Apogee app. Uh, you just download the app, you plug in the microphone into the, I have one where I've, I've got to take the USB and put a USB to lightning adapter and then plug it in and start recording through the Apogee app and good quality. You can control again, you can control the gain, you can control the, um, noise levels and everything else. And it's a, it's a really good intuitive, both mic and app that you can use on the phone. And so that's pretty much what I've been using. And that's the setup. Most recently I've been kind of using specifically the Apogee app. So I've been trying to mess with or play with the, the way that the sound is, because I know that we all have three different mics. And one of the things that my wife's noticed is that my audio always seems to sound a little probably a little hollow or a little flatter than both of your uh, audio. I was trying to convince her that it was the equipment and not me. <laughs> so, um, so I wanted to just kind of flip back and forth. And so you guys may have never noticed this, but I kind of, everyone's great while I will switch between the two mics, the, um, the snowball or the Apogee just to see yeah. if I can control the, the audio quality and get a little bit better at it. A lot of that can be compensated for in our editing software too, with equalizers and stuff, but it's, yes. that's, yeah. that's a whole other science to get into. Yeah. Well, so what okay. do you have? So I, mine's, mine's more of a, 
intensive setup because I've kind of cobbled mine together over the years, some of it from back in my band days and and then moving into podcasting. So I have two separate units here. The first one is the one that connects to the computer. So I, my, my microphone does not go straight into the computer. Um, so I basically have a dedicated setup on my desk all the time. And because I'm using a laptop, I just come in and plug in uh, my one USB hub, which has everything connected to it. So obviously running through USB, but I have a Yamaha AG06, which is an audio interface for the Mac or for a PC. It's a USB audio interface and it accepts two microphones or an instrument. So for me, it was more about just having options. If I wanted to record music versus podcasting, it'll handle, it'll, <clears throat> it'll handle both. So it's not just a vocal setup. So that's where I control my gain input. That's where I can control, like, like Neil's, my headphones are plugged into that. And so I'm not running like an audio into my computer and then out of my headphone jack. Everything goes through this one device. And so that allows me to monitor what the sound going into the computer sounds like before it even gets to the computer. So it's a real true signal at that point. So I can control volumes. It's got a bunch of knobs on it. We'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes and we'll hope that you purchase it because we'll get a little kickback from our Amazon affiliate link if you do that. But that's the idea there. It's like lots of different options. So inputs, outputs. I also have a set of kind of desktop speakers that are plugged into that thing. So I keep audio on this device for everything. So then connected to that is my microphone, which is more of like a stage mic. And this is a Shure Beta 87A Super Cardioid mic. So it's a condenser microphone, and it's really for vocals. But it's got a great sound to it. I mean, it's just one of those bomb-proof microphones that people would use in concerts. And, you know, you see the rock stars slamming them on the stage, and they just keep on working. So for me, it was like, this this thing is just going to last forever. I can do lots of things with it. I can use it for vocals. I can record music. I can do podcasting. I could mic a guitar with it. It doesn't matter. So it's got, again, just gives me lots of options. It is on the higher price side. It's 250 bucks just for the microphone. But like I said, this is going to last, you know, for 50 years and it's just XLR input. So that's a different, it's not a digital input into the computer. And so it plugs in via what's called an XLR cable into the Yamaha audio interface. So it's more of a traditional music microphone at that point, or for vocals specifically. What it, and that, well, go ahead. I was going to say, what it sounds like is you've been cheating. <laughs> yeah. Neil, Neil and I have been kind of going grassroots traditional, and you're going all pro on us. Yeah, I got, a, I got more pro set up here, that's for sure. Well, you, you started that way, right? I mean, you didn't buy the Yamaha to, to record with. And right. you didn't buy the mic to record with for the show. So I can plug my electric guitar or my bass into the Yamaha, right? Because that gives me recording abilities. It's more than just a vocal setup. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so yeah, cheater. Um, and so what the microphone is sitting in a Rode, R-O-D-E, um, what do they call this? They call it like a swivel mount. So this is like a, you know, those old school spring-loaded desk lamps that we all had at our drafting tables back in the day still have it's one of those yeah <laughs> it's one of those but it's for a microphone so it's got a mic attachment on it and what that allows me to do is just kind of move this thing around wherever i need it and it holds it steady 
but it also, again, like, like Neil saying, it kind of separates it from the desk. It's on springs. So if, if the desk gets hit during a recording, it's not going to pick it up in the microphone. So it just gives me, uh, that disconnection from the desk because one of the things I, I don't know how many podcasts everybody on who are listeners listen to, but a lot of times the microphone picks up everything. And so if, if something happens in the room where the desk gets nudged or whatever, it, it, just telegraphs through the audio system and that is not something that it's easy to remove later and so anything that we can do to kind of make it a clean recording from the beginning we try to do that so that's really kind of the idea behind getting the microphone up off the desk uh, and so cormac you need it's, to do that i was going to say at, <laughs> before you said that i was going to say it sounds like a veiled attempt to tell me something <laughs> but you just took the veil off and set it straight out. So yeah. let's not. I, I, I hear you. I got you. Yeah. Maybe under the mattresses here. Maybe yeah. it. Maybe it show two hundred. I might get my stuff together. And I think it does matter what kind of room you record in. I mean, we've we've done recordings out yeah. in the open. Right? Oh, Neil so, did a bunch yeah. at the convention, yeah. and all that background noise—it just there's nothing you can do about it. And so no. anything that you can kind of do to set up your your room with absorptive materials you don't want a real live room i mean my room that i'm in now it, it's a pretty live room but because there are some curtains in here and there's some rugs and it really helps a lot and anything that you can do to kind of deaden the sound in the room for this type of recording is a good idea i mean there's lots of musical kind of recording scenarios where you want a more live room to get some of the reverberation but in when it's just purely uh, mono vocals that you really want to try to deaden it as much as you can. So like Cormac this morning, you turned off your air conditioner, right? I mean, it's it's yeah, that kind yeah. of background noise that makes its way into recordings that you really want to try to avoid. So sometimes podcast listeners out there just know that we are truly suffering when we record these podcasts because <laughs> it's 100 degrees or, or it's freezing and we can't run the heaters and we can't run the air conditioners. Uh, so we get blankets or we... We uh we just sweat it out. Yeah, I've had a few below zero in the basement. So actually, real quick, let's talk about the rooms we're in. Just you know, you you started talking about your being in a live room and what's. I just want to know what the environment each of us are listening in, because you know maybe in, in how we combat the noises and stuff that we have going on, because you know, maybe that might help somebody who's just kind of doing this on their laptop at their kitchen table. Well, I'll just finish up then with mine. I mean, my, my room that I'm in has like a VCT floor. It's a vinyl tile. Uh, it's got, uh, wood paneling on the walls. So no chipboard. And I have a T bar ceiling. So there's some acoustic value maybe in this ceiling. And then really what's saving me, I think in this room is just curtains because my house is so old. We haven't replaced all the window coverings, but we've got a bunch of like drapery in this room and that I think is really helping. And I, we put a big rug in here. So all of those things I think just kind of help even it out. What would normally be a pretty live space. Hmm. What about you, Neil? Well, before we get to my room, uh, the other thing is typically we record either very early in the morning as we're doing now, or at least East or West coast time, or we're recording very late at night, East Coast time for you. It's always very early. <laughs> <Let's just laughs> <put> that <laughs> That's true. It's very early for you one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But 
I think that also helps is just your environment. Recording at these times, everyone in my house right now is asleep. So there's no extra noises coming from around. I think that also helps because as Evan said, the mic picks up everything. So I try and tell my family when they're not asleep, it's like, okay, dad's going to record quiet. Don't be stomping around. And, and, and sometimes uh, that and stuff, stuff happens like that. And, and, it we, does. and it's just normal yeah. life and we don't, we don't get crazy about it. But what, what's nice is when that, those noises happen, when the person who's not speaking is speaking, then it's really easy to edit out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my room here, it's, it's actually, I would think a very live room as well. It's, it's hardwood floor. There's chipboard on the walls, but I don't have any drapes or anything like that. And I've got a sliding glass door in front of me and a window uh, off to the side behind me. But the, I think the one thing that helps me in this room is that there is a, a number of books and bookcases with things on them that I think helps yeah. deaden the sound a little bit. It helps kind of disperse the sound waves in lots of directions. So they're not coming right back at you with a microphone. Right. Yeah. And I think that is what's helping. There's, there's a lot of crap in this room. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that's what's helping me because I think I don't, I don't, I've never heard you complain anything about the sound that's necessarily coming from the environment that I'm in. Right. So, but I do think though that the setup, I mean, your voice has always just sounded incredible, Evan. Uh, Thank and you. I think Thank you it's much. the, <laughs> I work on it all the time. The buttery smooth uh, vocals from Evan. Uh, I think the setup actually shows. I mean, uh, you certainly have the more pro setup here. And in, and at least when I'm listening, it, it definitely shows. I think I've got probably the most basic, relatively inexpensive sort of setup. And it sounds decent. Sounds really good. No, it sounds great. <laughs> it's not even worth changing, right? I mean, it's that good. I think if anybody's doing a podcast, what, what I have can, you, you can do really great with that. Totally. And even with what Cormac has, I think maybe a tweak or two is, is, is perfect. Just getting it off the desk, right? That's all you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest thing. Although Cormac's right, really good. All right. He never hits, he, he's only <laughs> hit you got the, hint uh, the, the last episode I edited. I think he only hit the desk twice. No, maybe three times <laughs> that I remember, but usually he's pretty good about that. But, uh, so that's, well, he gets, he gets pretty animated. I was going to say, I do talk with my hands and everyone's great while I do hit the desk. <laughs> it's all right. So long as you're not talking when it happens, then it's not a problem. So Cormac alluded to this earlier, but when he said he started, he was using a set of like earbuds, right? Cormac. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so we haven't were. talked about headphones, but I think we're all using the same set of headphones now. Is that yes. right? We're using the, the Sony MDR 7506s, which is just kind of a good... Well, I, I should say great set of headphones. Yeah, it's a, really comfortable to wear for hours at a time, as we have all attested to. Yeah, over the it's and, over the and, ear. But the the important part about those, real quick, is that they isolate the sound from getting back into the microphone, and that's really the important part. And that's why I make the distinction of this kind of a he over the ear headphone versus uh, an earbud type earphone that is not kind of sealed from the from the outside. Because as we were talking about with room environment and everything else, the microphone does pick up. And um, on occasion, prior to me switching headphones, my mic would pick up audio that was coming out from the headphones, and you could so you get a slight echo. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that that's an important piece of gear that we should definitely mention. And and this set of headphones, I think, like I said, just 
proven over time to be a great set of headphones. So we'll have links to all this stuff in our show notes, which again, you can find on any episode on our website on the right hand side, you can sign up for the show notes to get emailed to you. So you can check out all this stuff via the links that we post. So what about your room, Cormac? My room. Well, we'll definitely say mine's the most Spartan of all of us. <laughs> much like much like my podcast setup. So mine mine I think mine is kinda like yours in, in that it is the room that catches everything. Yeah. It's so I'm in an unfinished basement and I am somewhat surrounded by bookshelves and air hockey tables and drafting desks and things like that. But it is um you know, and I, I did put carpets down on the ground, um, both for just inhabiting down here, and it's so it's not cold, but also something conscious um, in the decision to help deaden the sound and help um, avoid any reverberation or echoing and bouncing around. So I do have uh, carpets all over the place. But for the most part, I mean, it really is just a very bare concrete walls, Exposed wood. I'm unfortunately immediately below my kitchen, which so when we record and when we record when my family is awake, of course, I'm texting down below saying, you know, please don't, please don't <laughs> walk around or please be quiet. And they're like, but I'm hungry. You've guys got, you've got like that, that cool old 80s intercom system between the, the rooms of your house, right? Yeah, it's called our iPhones. Yeah. <laughs> Shush the kids, please. You know? <laughs> my wife's like, shh, shh, shh. Um, so it really is. Actually, we should talk about how much of a team effort this is outside of just the three of us. Yeah. You know, yeah. how our family is very much, you know, kind of a, Put up a team to. Yeah, exactly. They, they were like, <laughs> you know, like, all right, I'm going to go record. Oh, God. Right. right. So we've got to be quiet for how long? Again, in, in our house, it's like, okay, no streaming. Oh yeah. You can't stream television shows. That's another thing. So when, yeah, when, it, when we record here, we want as much bandwidth as possible. We want as much bandwidth <laughs> as possible. So the only thing the kids can watch is either something that's already downloaded or they'll watch a show off the, that's pre-recorded off the TiVo or something just on regular television because that, that that doesn't affect the bandwidth here. So no, that is purely a first world problem. Yeah, totally. well, <laughs> it and totally I think, is. I think right? the point of, of bringing that up is that we all record. I mean, and this is kind of the behind the scenes software side of it now. But we all record our own audio on our own end, right? And right. then we end up mixing all that together. But the Skype call itself that we're having is a three way call, and and that is our only backup. And so that's why you need the bandwidth because we really don't need the bandwidth if everything works out great and all of our single-ended recordings work out fine. But if something goes wrong with somebody's equipment, then all we have is that single mixed call as backup. And you guys know as well as I do, we've used that lots of times to, to get the show out. So where, where something else went wrong or, or whatever. Somebody's hard drive crashed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That happened. We right. lost a recording. So, yeah. So that's the reason why we need as much bandwidth as possible. And that's why we don't allow other people to be streaming while we're recording the call. And that's usually why we're doing it after hours or before hours, because that kind of activity isn't happening. 
that that's one part of our behind the scenes. The other part is, I guess we should say that we use Ecamm's call recorder, which is a Skype plugin to do that uh, recording through Skype. So Skype by itself doesn't record calls, just the, the basic consumer level Skype. I mean, Skype for business is kind of a different animal. Um, we're not using that for this. Um, so we all use Ecamm's call recorder, which I think is $30, if I'm not mistaken. It is $30. 30 35 something like that, yeah. Yeah, so then that, you actually. plug that in and, or sorry, you don't plug it in literally, but it's a plug-in for Skype and and then you hit record and it saves an audio file that then gets separated into two separate tracks. So then you get your side of the recording and you get the other side of the recording, whoever you're talking to. And so then we upload each one of our owns track one, which is our sides, and then we mix all those together in Logic on the Mac to get a multi-track recording. Yeah, first we've got to split the track. Yeah. So we yep. split we split our our individual tracks from the group call. And so we get our side and then the group side and then we upload each of the individual ones and assemble it in Logic that way. So I did a lot of work in Logic to kind of get the audio sounding even better, like sweetening the audio. So we we cut out any background noise that way, we we enhance a little bit um, the original recordings with different types of compression on each track. Ultimately, we mix all that together with our intros and outros and ads and everything into a single uh, mono 64 kilobit per second audio file. It's an MP3 at that point. And who knows if we'll keep using MP3 forever. Um, but for now, we are because it gives us the smallest file. And the reason that's important is because uh, smaller files download faster and they take up less bandwidth for our website, which allows us to have more people listening to the show without paying exorbitant costs. So there are other types of audio files that people put out there. There's been many times when we either have or almost have put up a stereo file, which is double the size because there's two audio tracks okay, instead okay. of one i'll check uh -huh. next time seriously <laughs> <laughs> no me too uh and and so like we've noticed that's happening we've had to swap out that file at the last second or maybe even after a few people have downloaded the stereo version and that and the only reason we do that is just to make sure that that we're saving as much bandwidth as possible because it literally is half the size the the the, the mono version is half the size of the stereo version and so once that we, we post those to Squarespace, which is our service provider for our ArcaSpeakPodcast.com website, which has a really nice um, integration for podcasters built in. And we've never had an issue with any downloads. We've never had an issue with the site going down. I mean, it's just been a rock-solid website host for us. I think you guys would agree that the whole process for getting podcasts up is, has been fantastic. I totally agree with you. So we can't say enough good things about Squarespace. We've needed kind of an idiot-proof type way to post and, and things like that. And um, since I'm the test idiot, I... Uh, <laughs> You're the crash test dummy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's, it's been, you know, everyone's great. Well, I may have a hitch, but for the most part, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's easy. And the more I do it, the more I get the hang of it, the easier it is. But, um, I mean, it really, it's got a good tutorial to walk you through it. And it, it really is, um, kind of just a no nonsense way of being able to, to manage it. 
And we've been using that since the beginning. So we've never changed that up. It's always been rock solid for us. And it has automatic hooks into iTunes, which is kind of the podcast resource library for all podcasts out there. Uh, and, and then it automatically gets distributed from there to the feed basically is accessible to any different service. So it automatically works with Stitcher. It automatically works with um, Google Play Google Store, Play. whatever that's called. Um, yeah. And there's all kinds of different systems out there for for downloading podcasts. I mean, a lot of times people are just dealing inside their their favorite app nowadays. And so basically those, I believe, are all pretty much using the iTunes catalog um, to access podcasts. Right. So one of the cool things I think about that's going on with podcasting right now is we just heard some recent news because Apple had its worldwide developer conference on podcasting specifically that Apple's going to be doing a lot more behind the scenes kind of at least exposing the data of who, how many downloads you're getting from your podcast, just the analytics side, which has always been kind of notoriously hard to understand or track. So we, we've been using a third party service for that called PodTrack which is um, just podtrack.com, P-O-D-T-R-A-C.com. But I think now, at some point soon, we're going to be able to just get that info straight from Apple, which I think is going to be a little bit more robust than what we're getting now, right? So that, that's kind of an exciting development that's just recently happened. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Other than that. Because we've, it's been a big black box. Right. Uh, to, to, and it's very difficult to kind of understand how many people are listening and downloading and so yeah i'm looking forward to actually getting a little bit more information yeah so that i think that pretty much talks about everything i mean i guess just to kind of finish up on the squarespace thing though real quick it it does all the heavy lifting for downloads for show notes Um, we have another system in place to automatically kind of create our uh, show note email that goes out so if you sign up on the website uh I, we don't have to manually put that together anymore. We've hooked up a way for that to just build off of what we post in the podcast episode itself. But I think that's about it, unless you guys can think of something else. I think if anyone is looking to start doing a podcast or you've already started one and you're looking to improve how you do it, I think uh, going and we're not necessarily the experts. And I think that, uh, there's 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 probably more you can do, but I think the the general setup that we are using works really well. It does take a, a bit of bit of, a bit of work to put together. I mean, all of this stuff didn't just happen overnight, right? I mean, I think it's pretty clear if you go back and listen to the first dozen or more episodes, we we have clearly learned over time things to do, things not to do. And how to how to make the equipment and the setup and the whole process a little bit better. And I know there's a uh, there's a conference coming up called Podcast Movement in later in August that I think I'm the only one that's able to actually attend out of the three of us uh, for this. But I'm really looking forward to going and attending some of the different uh, conference tracks and sessions just to learn a little bit more about how other people are doing it. So not only you know have we been doing this for almost five years and certainly know a few things about how to do it, but I, we're looking to improve our, our ourselves as well and and how do we how do we do things even better? So I'm looking forward to join, doing this if anybody's interest, interested 
It's uh, podcastmovement.com, and uh, it'll be in Anaheim this year in Southern California. So, and it's August 23rd through the 25th. So if anybody's interested, you know, they can definitely check it out. That is not a paid advertisement. That is not a paid advertisement. No, I wish they... How do we make that work? Well, that's actually going to be one of the conference tracks, I think, uh, is certainly... Uh, how do you, how do you, um, how do you make, how do you make it profitable or at least maybe not profitable? And how do you, how do you deal with that? Make it pay for itself. (laughs) Make it pay for itself. Yeah, exactly. So, but, but I think, you know, we, we should really thank Steve for, for asking us about our setup, how we do things. Uh, Because I think there's certainly a lot of other people that do it differently. I know some people that do uh, daily podcasts and they, their setup and process is completely different mm. than, than how we do it. And part of that is because it, it's just faster. They don't do a whole lot of editing. I think that's something maybe we didn't really touch on Evan. I mean, we mentioned logic pro, right. but the, the amount of work and effort we all put in to edit the show, to try and get the sound better and, and tighten things up. And just and and I think also too something that we've all worked on over time is just maybe how we speak is important because I know we've all spent a lot of time editing and maybe taking out sections or things that we commonly do in normal conversation that maybe doesn't sound good when you're listening. So you know, okay, there's been a lot okay. of work that we've done. Gotcha. I understand. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> in editing this show, we all have our own little ticks and different things yep. that we do. And, you know, we all try, you know, sometimes I spend more time trying to clean it up and other times not. Right. I know, Evan, there were a couple of times just due to timing or we were on the road and you just kind of put out a more of a raw episode and we got some feedback on that. Yeah. Right. Oh, my God, did we? <laughs> well, it wasn't that yeah. bad. Well, I think I think no. something that's important to point out is that you do not have to do it that way, but we do because we I think we're all kind of craftsmen in some way, some shape or form and we're all kind yeah. of designing this as we go. And so if we can make it better, we do. And if if the constraints are so such that we can't, then we we still put the show out. But we're always trying to make things better and we're always kind of designing it as we go and sometimes we design it to a point where I remember editing an episode where we had a guest on, I think it was Rosa and we, I ended up kind of changing the flow of the conversation because the way we recorded it didn't make sense. And, and so that's a lot of work when you're starting to get in there and cut things up and move them around and try to keep track of the timeline and make the conversation flow. Like you really are. It's like, it's like, doing details in drawings when you're trying to make two different materials come together in an elegant way. That's kind of what it felt like when you're editing a podcast. So there are definitely shows out there where no editing happens at all. And that's just how it goes. And I actually would recommend if you're thinking about doing podcasting to do it like that from the beginning, because the way that we've done it is it's, it's a ton of work and it it can be, it's as much, it, it can always be as much work as you want it to be or more. So trying to limit the amount of work that the podcast is to actually produce will just save you a lot of time and mental um, stability, I'll say. And, Anguish. And, yeah. It's just one of those things where you, if you decide up front that this is how it's going to be, it just makes it a lot easier rather than just kind of like, like because I'm a designer, I you can never stop designing. We all know this, right? Like the project's never 
done being designed. That's how a podcast can be too. And so you could just continue to edit and whittle and whittle and, and then you end up kind of torturing yourself. So watch out for that. That's all. Yeah. And that's how we've really kind of approached this podcast from day one. I mean, we had our rough spots early on my audio and, and things like that. But as we really started to hone in on it all and, you know, start getting things correct, we were, we really tried to do our best to kind of increase the quality of, of the way we speak and the, and all of that other stuff. And, you know, I'm the, I'm the biggest culprit. I'll, I'll live up to the criticisms that we had about the ums and, you knows and things like that. And, you know, um, <laughs> wow. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, uh, I would like some other people to record at two o'clock in the morning and see how coherent you are. See how well yeah. it comes out. Yeah. Fair enough. That's why we've done more episodes. Uh, well, to be honest with people early on Saturday mornings, we've, we've recorded, but it's like nine o'clock for you and 6 a.m. for us. And that right. seems you're, right. you're, you're much, you're more on <laughs> justifiably, right? It's, a, it's just early morning instead of like really early morning. So, right. You know, now it's, it's, I'm fresh. My mind's a little bit more awake. Normally sure. my mind is trying to go to sleep. Right. And so when I'm trying to cobble together a, a stream of consciousness, most of the time it's interrupted with a, um, and a, you know, yeah. Nature wins, to, man. Exactly. Nature does win. And unfortunately, a lot of people have picked up on that and, you know, justifiably so, you know, because we are trying to put out a quality show and I really want to sound a little bit more coherent and a little bit more intelligent than I actually am. And, <laughs> and sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. Hey, so let me ask you guys something. So since we've all been editing and we've, we've all taken turns doing it, Evan did, of course, the bulk of all of our editing for, I think, the first 90 or so episodes. And, you know, I don't know how you did that. But what what have you noticed, though, that, I mean, we all listen to podcasts. And so even our listeners, have you know, they listen to other podcasts. So what's interesting, <gasps> oh gosh, and, and no, now no. this is... <laughs> of Sorry. course they do, right? I mean, we all listen to other things too. And but have you have you guys not noticed and this is going to you're going to I'm going to drive our listeners now insane because now you're going to start thinking about this when you listen to other shows. Do you notice the different either quality or how they're speaking and in in other shows that you listen to now that you're now that we've all produced the shows many times and I don't know about you guys, but I hear I so it do. in other shows now. And if somebody is speaking, if there are, there's literally several podcasts where that has annoyed me so much, I stopped listening to them. Hmm. The thing that I, I listen to some that you would think because they have a production budget and probably a star star power behind them, that you'd think that the show would be better produced or better audioed. And a lot of times I'm sorely disappointed in the, the audio quality. So it's not that I shut them off. Sometimes I actually have, sometimes their audio quality is so bad that I just decide I can't listen to it anymore and, and kind of shut it off. But a lot of times I'll listen to it more kind of critically so that 
I can figure out a way to get better for our show. Yeah, totally. I, I agree with that. And I, I think we just care more is what you're saying. <laughs> totally. Hollywood. Well, there are some, that. there are some no, shows that are we're, incredibly yeah. edited, right? Like radio lab and radio oh, lab. Yeah. Like wow. Anything you know. from NPR where, where that actually is done in a proper studio with an engineer, an audio engineer running it. I mean, so those are, those are different level, other level. But then it, but on, on something like radio lab, you hear them at the end of the show, thanking about a dozen different people that were involved in producing that show. Right. Oh, let's, let's do that at the end of this one. <laughs> It'll be a very short list. <laughs> no, we'll just, we'll think everything that we do, but we'll just keep thinking each other. There you go. Yeah. Thank you, Neil. There Thank you go. Evan. Uh, you know, one thing you touched on earlier, Evan, but I think it's, it's important. Well, us being architects and you mentioned details and, and just, I think we, we care about the quality of the show from a production standpoint. Nice qualifier. And, and it was why, <laughs> well, I was thinking how much preparation do we, you mentioned list at the top of the show. I'm like, wait a minute. Did I miss a meeting here? I, I don't have a list. <laughs> we don't um, do meetings, but or preparation. I, I think that we, since we're recording our audio here and for advice to anybody that's doing this, one of that, the reason we do that is because, and it's already happened even on this recording, there's been several times where Skype has kind of garbled a little bit about what what, what you're saying. And so... Hell, I dropped the, off the, the call. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, but nobody would have known that if you hadn't have said it. Cause Oops. The, we'll edit Sorry. that. No, we won't. But those things happen. And and if you're just using the, the Skype call or just recording just the raw audio from Skype you're going to end up with a podcast that has issues and those issues aren't easy to, to solve. And when we record and locally here, uh, even that garbled stuff that I've heard uh, already this, this morning on this recording, nobody will hear any of that because right. I'm getting your raw audio directly uh, recorded on your machine. And I think that, that it's more work, but it just makes this, the show sound much better. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, and we've been doing it that way since the beginning. We have, and, then, and although there's been episodes where we've recorded other people and they haven't had that ability, and we really want to thank our guests that have uh, gone to the extra step of getting call recorder and using it for us because it, I think it's it helps those shows tremendously, and that we don't have to worry about the call quality on on Skype. I think we've we've run out of things to talk about here. We our cool tools for podcasting episode is uh fairly complete there. I mean there's definitely a lot of kind of behind the scenes additional tips and tricks for specific things like logic or how to set up a lot of this stuff, but all that stuff is out there. It's all on YouTube, it's all on the web. You just gotta kinda piece it together. So it's uh it's all out there. You you just if you're interested in podcasting Feel free to ask us questions, though, if, if there's anything that we didn't cover or that you still want to know about. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, he, uh, something else to add, Cormac? Well, I was going to say, and I know we hit a lot of stuff, and I know it sounds pretty complex, but I'm a good example of how non-complex you can make it because I really do have a laptop with a microphone and a set of headphones and that's all I really have other than the software to kind of back me up. Mm -hmm. And so it, it really isn't as complicated as we may have made it sound, but 
No, this is five. This is a culmination of five years of of doing it, and it starts simple. Yeah, it's we've we've been working at this to try to kind of like hone it and learn it, and learn it and learn it and learn it. But it really is, and and Evan, you said it best. You know, there's there's a lot of a lot of uh, how to videos out there that really kind of help you understand how to put it all together and. And and we aren't experts, but we're experienced and we can help with anything. You know, again, you know, you said, ask the questions, please ask questions. Because, you know, the thing that I've noticed over the five years that we've been doing this is when we started. And I remember when Neil first kind of posed the, the idea, it's just like, well, nobody does podcast but he's going to listen to an architectural podcast not not what we were shooting for because we were looking for kind of like the the how-to of the bit not really the how-to of the business but we were looking for you know how the business is run and in you know those just impromptu conversations and things like that and everything that was out there was more about you know kind of the highbrow kind of thoughts and in in concepts and in in design and stuff like that of architecture and and we kind of we kind of wanted to talk about what you know the architecture really was and we never really thought one way or the other if we were going to have an audience and it's great it's awesome that we do but now more and more people have been getting in on this and more and more people have been talking about our trade and more and more people have been jumping in and telling stories and having these conversations and stuff. And it's been great to see the podcast kind of devoted to architecture grow and grow and grow. So don't think that it is a daunting task. It's you'll, you'll pick it up. And if you're passionate about it, like we are, you'll get there. Yep. And and like we said, ask us questions. If there's something that you're still trying to figure out or need help with, I mean, we've pretty much done all of it. So we're a self-performed work here. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't we don't farm any of this stuff we out. We understand the mistakes and we understand the successes. Yeah. So we, we appreciate everybody uh, getting through our mistakes. I, I think one last thing that I'd like to add is that you don't have to have, you don't have to go out and spend three or $4,000 on a computer to make this happen. I'll be the first one here to admit, and, and Cormac, I think you're working on some older hardware as well. My my iMac that, that, that we do all of this from, or that I do all of this from here, is an early 2009 iMac. And it's it's eight years old, and I'm still editing in Logic, and we're still recording on it, and it it, it, it can work fine. So you can even have an older machine, and it, you can make this happen. I've got a 2008 MacBook Pro and or mid 2008 MacBook Pro and again, you know, everything's just kind of cobbled together but it works. All of the software itself is updated and and as long as you are all on the same software, you know, we're we're talking kind of more group rather than individual. Individual if you're not doing interviews and you're just talking, it might actually be a heck of a lot easier than than what we do. And then you may, may not need, you know, some of the more fancy gadgets of like logic and stuff to, to do all of, all of your editing. Yeah. I mean, you can do this and even in GarageBand, So that's the, that's free. So, and there's yeah, other tools or, out there or audacity or, but even, mm-hmm. even now we're starting to see these podcast production websites, like this cloud production stuff set up like Zencaster. There's quite a few of them out there now 
where you can pay kind of a monthly fee and do unlimited guests, unlimited recording. I mean, they, they automatically do post-production. You can have, you can upload an intro and an outro and the audio editor is in the web browser now. So you'll, yeah. you don't even need a dedicated piece of software. It's, it's pretty amazing what the whole industry of podcasting has turned into. So to start a podcast has never been easier. Yeah. I mean, you really don't have to wait to have all the right pieces of gear. You don't have to wait to understand how to do it in the software. I mean, there's, you've, you've got to just start if this is something you're interested in. Does this not remind you of like blogging from 10 or 15, 10 or 15 years ago? Yeah, it's, it's not hard to blog. It actually, the hardest part is the content. The rest of just it is showing up, is, right? Yeah, right. just sh- and just showing up, right? Every week or every two weeks or every day, to whatever your show is is doing or your blog is doing. So that that's actually the hardest part. Mm-hmm. So, all right, guys. Well, hey, you know what? We got to thank the people that are helping to uh, to pay to make this happen here. <laughs> so to wrap this this episode up, we're roll we credits. Thank our- Roll credits. credits. Yes. (laughs) Let's thank our sponsors. And we've got two great sponsors and you've heard about each of them before, but I want to make a mention that this episode's being sponsored by RCAT. Make sure you check out all the features they offer, including their cool charrette. Actually, I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day and they are using charrette to set up a project team and to share this, uh, the project. And so I'm I'm looking, uh, hope to get some really great feedback uh, from that, but you can check them out at rcat.com. That's A-R-C-A-T.com. And we're also, once again, sponsored by HMC Architects. We want to thank them for their support. To learn more about them and become part of their story, or I should say maybe become part of their story, visit hmcarchitects.com. And we want to thank both of them for their continued support of ArcaSpeak. So remember, you can also find out more about the show and see all of the different episodes to check out the all the different uh, uh, items that we mentioned in this episode and then go buy them on Amazon. Go to arcaspeakpodcast.com and there you can find our catalog of episodes. Sign up for the after aforementioned newsletter for links to everything we have in the show and then also between episodes, join in on the conversation by either visiting our Facebook page or via Twitter. Links to everything can be found at arcaspeakpodcast.com. And thanks everyone for listening, and we hope you'll learn something on this one. And stay subscribed, and we'll catch you next time. Happy podcasting. Happy, happy. I join the choir to sing. They're all competing for some other thing. I join the choir to sing. I join the choir to sing They're all competing for some other thing I join the choir to sing Thing. I joined the choir to sing
week's episode is brought to you by the silky smooth tones of Evan Troxel, the semi-silky tones of Neo Pan, and the gravelly shit voice of Cormac Phelan. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that'll be cut out. <laughs> oh, that'll be the intro. <laughs> <laughs>